This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello, and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I have the pleasure of stirring the cauldron with Michelle Burke. Michelle is an expression guide who shows women how to connect to their true self by peeling back the layers, dropping the facade, and allowing them to feel safe in their own body so they can truly express who they are without any shame or guilt. Because confidence is sexy. Absolutely. Michelle has quite a list of skills and healing modalities and tools that she uses. And I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of them while we're chatting today. She is a rebel with a cause who has always wanted to give back to society and does. Whether it was when she was completing 1,700 hours of national service with the Domestic Peace Corps, working with scouts, teaching middle school science, uh, sister, that is like a, a whole frontier that scares the shit out of me. So that's amazing. <laughs> or, or now guiding professionals at all levels, from lawyers to CEOs, small business owners to stay-at-home moms, and those recovering from addiction and abusive relationships on their journey. Her first book, Hot Mess Magic, Discover the Magic in Your Mess, will be released in early July. Um, I need to get on the pre-sale list for that book. And her podcast, Wine and Wisdom with Michelle, is anticipated to launch very shortly. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I will tell our listeners I was a hot mess getting to this call. So that's why I really need your book. <laughs> and my camera is being a hot mess today. So we work with what we have. Exactly. <laughs> so before every call, I always pull a card. And today I'm using Cheryl Lee Harnish Path of the Souls card. Can you see me? I can see you. Okay, then I'm going to show you the card because it's really pretty. And this is this card is called the light within. And I find it interesting. It's, really pretty. It, it's green, just like your shirt in, in your image. So I don't know if you can see how green it is, but it's a beautiful card. And it says, guides and teachers, interestingly enough, are working with you to assist in a, a greater awakening. Um, that's pretty powerful. That totally resonates. Perfect. I love when that comes together the way it, the way the universe intends, right? Um, it also says that humans are, are helping in the support of this awakening. So did I read yeah. that part? <laughs> that, that, that makes sense too. Yes, I, I can I can see that. That totally makes sense. Um so it encourages you to enjoy the experience. How's that part resonate? Discover that magic in the mess. Um, <laughs> totally. 
You know, yeah, that, I mean, it, it's all about being. Like, even when we're doing, still being, being present, being aware and you know, listening to what our body, you know, listening to what our body is telling us more than what our mind and our ego is telling us. So, so much. I literally just had that conversation with a client. So uh, you couldn't be more like in my head today. (laughs) And even kind of what we're also like what we're doing now, rolling with the energies. Yes. Like don't try it now when you're in these, whatever I'm experiencing right now, like the more we resist, the more it persists. Yeah, I like that. So it's like, just flow with the energies. So when did you first embark on this journey of flow? Um, Flo and I have an interesting relationship. (laughs) I am someone by nature who likes to control. Hmm. So that's where you can see Flo and I have this interesting relationship where I will go with the flow. I will be in that canoe going down the stream, but I'm also will reach those points where it's like, all right, let's pick up the pace and I'll pick up the oar and I'll start paddling out with the current. I got this. Relax. I got this. Like, okay, can we pick up the pace here? <laughs> I'm sure so many people can relate to being in that space because it's impossible to be in the flow all the time. Exactly. I mean, especially in the world we live in, we have like 3D shit we have to do too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, oh, doing that. 3D shit and oh, embra- embracing it. Yeah. Okay. Why be miserable, mean, right? Like exactly. I mean, okay, it's April 13th, right? Yes, it is April 13th. Taxes in the US are due April 18th. I still have not done my taxes yet. Eh, you can file for extension. How are they enjoyable to do? No, no one enjoys doing their taxes, not even the accountant. (laughs) You know, oddly enough, I just met with my accountant and he was telling me how much joy he derives from accounting. And when when we left, my husband was like, that guy's way more warped than I thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I will find a way to make doing my taxes joyful. I'll pour the glass of wine. I'll turn on some fun music. Like, oh, I love it. Make doing those taxes enjoyable. (laughs) So let's talk about the Peace Corps a little bit. How'd you end up in the Peace Corps? Well, it's the domestic Peace Corps. So it's a branch of so the domestic peace court in the united states is called americorps okay um so some people might also be familiar with americorps education program which is called teach for america that is not the program that i did though <laughs> um, 
I, after I graduated from college, oh, was looking for you know jobs like you do after you graduate from college. And this opportunity, this job presented itself. Oh, because while it was 1700 hours of national service, oh, there was a living stipend that we were given, which oh, if you weren't living at home, you could not live on, but I was still <laughs> living at home. Um, and then afterwards, after you completed your service, you received an education award. Um, and the education award allowed me to pay, you could use the education award either to pay off student loans or for future education. So cool. I was able to, yeah, a year after I graduated, um, pay off a, a loan in full with my education award. Sweet. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did the New Jersey Watershed Ambassadors Program, which is a program through the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Um, so it was one of the best years of my life. Awesome. I mean, without, without a shadow of a doubt, like the best year of my life, the amount that I learned the connections that I made, the people that I made be the people that I made friends with, um, being able to, well, I love being outdoors. So being able to spend my days outside collecting, you benthic macro invertebrates you know, <laughs> from oh the stream oh to analyze the water quality interesting so, yes well in like what kind of synchronicity is it that that job presented itself to you and it checked all of these really awesome boxes for you oh, too yes and having the education and outreach component because if i wasn't outside in you know, a stream or observing you know, a forest or a nature area. Um, I was in a classroom doing, you know, teaching the kids about water conservation and water quality. So is that what led to the middle school science gig? Um, it's part of what led to the middle school science gig. Yes. When I was a kid, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would tell you a teacher. Hmm. Interesting. Until, yeah, until about the seventh grade. Um, because this summer going into the seventh grade, uh, my grandpa took my brother and I on a whale watch up in Maine. My grandma's sister lived in Maine. So every summer we would take a trip up there and just being out on the ocean for the first time, it, I was hooked. Struck a chord, huh? It you struck know. a chord. I, I was hooked. The, the ocean realm spoke to me. Mm. Uh, it spoke to me on that soul visceral level. It spoke to your inner mermaid. Yes, it spoke to my inner mermaid without a shadow of a doubt. I love it. <laughs> um, 
and I was hooked. And I, at that point went, okay, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I want to be a marine biologist. Mm. So how did you go from teacher, marine biologist, like earthy stuff to working with women to access their inner self or their, their truth with a capital Um, T? That's a great question. So when I was teaching, so I went from my year of national service to environmental consulting and then working for county government. And it was when I was working for the county, I created my own water education program. And it was those days going in to work that I was most happiest when I had a presentation to give. Otherwise, I was bored out of my mind. I outgrown my job. I was going to grad school at the same time. I'd sit at my desk and do my grad school work. Um, And I shared an office with my boss. But I realized that it was like, okay, they say the best time to make a career move is when you already have a job. So I was like, okay, let's make this career change. So I started looking for teaching jobs. But I went into education at probably the worst time someone in New Jersey with a master's degree could go into education. Because it took me years of doing leave replacement positions before I actually found a permanent full year teaching position. And that was at a private school. Yeah. I've heard that about the education industry over the last couple of decades. That's been an issue. Yes. Um, Where I couldn't even get an interview at the school where I went to high school and I knew the science supervisor because she was told by the board that she couldn't even interview anyone with a master's degree. Interesting. Yes. So here it is my own high school alma mater. And I couldn't even as an alumni get an interview. Um, But it was while I was teaching that I realized how toxic school environments are because my Mm. spiritual reawakening was starting and I was realizing and seeing how toxic school environment is and we wonder why kids have so much school anxiety anxiety stress etc spend a day or a week in a school and you'll understand why I can't even imagine it because I have teenage kids and Some of the things that they come home and tell me, it's disturbing. My one son is a soccer player. He goes to a a tech school, so they don't have a real deep support system. He they qualified for state playoffs. I was the only parent who went, and that was so disheartening for me. Like, don't you go and, and support your kids? Like, no parents, no teachers, nothing. It was awful. And I know that's just like a a, a totally superficial little view into it, but 
I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You know, and teaching to the test was crushing my soul. Uh, because in New Jersey, eighth grade, which is what I was teaching, was or is a teach is a testing year for science. Now I don't know about other states, but in New Jersey, eighth grade is a testing year for science. So I would reach the point within the marking period where it was like, okay, guys, we have to stop what we're doing so we can now review everything that you've learned from fourth grade <laughs> till now and stuff that uh... we haven't learned yet, but you might see a question of it on the test. So I have to make sure that you have a basic concept of it so you can at least kind of fudge your way through the question and use, you know, logic and reasoning to try to even have an inkling as to how to answer this question. So, uh, I, so I, I'm getting the impression that it was a little soul sucking. It was a lot soul sucking where, you know, there were some days I wouldn't even make it out of the parking lot before the tears started streaming down my face. Oh. Um, that's not where you want to spend the rest of your life. No, where I'd be driving home and depending upon how bad I had cried, I would get to the last stop sign um, before the liquor store, pull down the visor, look in the mirror and go, okay, my makeup hasn't run too much. <laughs> run into the liquor store and grab a, a bottle of wine where I'd pour myself a glass when I got home, top it off while I was making dinner, top it off as I was cleaning up dinner, come home the next day, go to pour myself a glass of wine and go, shit, there's only a mouthful in my glass. I drank the whole damn bottle last night without even realizing it. Yeah. It, it, was it like the only way you could disconnect and numb from the trauma of from my day, from seeing? My, yeah. From my school day, yes. I mean, I was going to yoga on the weekend. Like it was like my church was yoga Saturday and Sunday morning. But that didn't get you through the whole rest of the week. Exactly. I would be listening to kundalini mantras and meditations on my way to school to help center and ground and focus me. Oh, kids would be in my room during lunch because they didn't want to be in the cafeteria. Mm. Knocking on my, I'd pull the shades, knocking on the door. Miss B, we know you're in there. Miss B, we know you're in there. Oh. So that's like heart-wrenching on both sides because oh, yeah. they knew you were in there because you were a, like they they wanted to take care of you and you were a safe place for them. So Yes. The so kids always wanted to be in my room during lunch. They didn't want to leave my room sometimes after class. Like the kids that had mm -hmm. me right before lunch, I literally had to kick them out the door. Like, go, I have to go to the bathroom. 
Like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, you need to leave. <laughs> so what point did it really present itself that you needed to make a shift for yourself? Um, I had probably, I left the private school that I was teaching at. Um, I quit my job and I moved with nothing lined up and started a business at the same time. Hey, go big or go home. <laughs> exactly. Um, that October, I took a maternity leave replacement position because oh, my business just wasn't, you know, wasn't paying the bills. I was started with a network marketing company and oh, between moving and find, you know, needing to find a place to live and everything, I wasn't working my business. And if you've ever been in a network marketing business, you know you have to work your business. Right. Or it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go. Exactly. You can't, you know, like other businesses put up, you know, a great post with you know the link to buy and, you know, have people buy. Um, so come October, I took that maternity leave replacement. It was from October till June. And it was oh, during that time where I was like, okay, this is going to be the deciding year for me. Hmm. Like, is it me or was it the school, the students, the environment that I was in? Which one, which one is it? And sure enough, it was me. It just wasn't where you belonged. Exactly. Oh, there was one Converse one call that I had with you know someone who was interested in joining my team and learning more about the product, joining my team, and I had made the mistake of scheduling it during my lunch. Mm. And I you now that day I had to kick kids out of my room, and the person ended up calling me instead of me calling them. And I was like, okay, okay. I just had gotten the door closed. I took a, bre a, a breath, I answered the phone and I don't even remember what I said to him, but he was like, um, how about I give you a call when you're not drunk? <laughs> oh. And I went, Sir, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm a middle school science teacher. Well, my eighth graders just left my classroom right as you called. I haven't had time to center myself and retransition. He's like, no, you've been drinking. Sir, uh. I'm standing in a classroom right now. I can assure you I haven't been drinking. I could use a drink right now, but I haven't been no. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so it so that defining moment is that when you recognize like your brilliance needs to be expressed otherwise? 
it, that that was that was one of the moments. Uh, yeah, and just feeling more into myself and what my mm. team was saying to me, whether it was my upline or my downline, you know, what they were saying to me and just the connections there. It's like, yeah, this isn't what I want. You know, teaching mm. in the traditional aspect in a traditional school in a traditional classroom is not what I want to be doing. So and as, as you got more and more into a deeper expression of your truth, how did that lead you to working with other women to find their own authentic expression? Um, it kind of just began to evolve. Beautiful. Oh, where, oh, as women, we tell ourselves and we tell each other, but we tell ourselves so many bullshit lies within the day. Yep. <laughs> um, we put on a facade because we wear so many hats that we put on this facade because we don't know, we reach this point where we don't even know who the fuck we are. It's so, so totally true. You know, we stand there and we look in the mirror. Oh, get out of the shower, stand there, look in the mirror. And it's like, I don't know the person standing in front of me. Yeah. When did I become her? Well, and I think we often get lost in our identity as it relates to other people mom, yeah. wife, daughter, friend, work, or employee, whatever. And we associate our identity with that when it, that's really just a role we play, not who we are. Correct. We give that label. Yeah. Oh, an identity. And it's like, well, a mom can be many things. You know, an entrepreneur can be many things. A wife can be many things. Right. And and none of them are exclusive of the others. Exactly. You can be a hot, sexy wife and a hot, sexy mom. I have that kid who will have a bumper sticker on his car that says, I love hot moms. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with being the hot mom. Like, we need to embrace that, though. Like, we need to embrace, you know, being that hot mom, being that confident woman. Well, and I think confidence is so critical. Um, I have that conversation a lot with the the people that I work with, both in my spiritual practice and in my legal practice, because it's all about how you show up. Yeah. And like truly embody who you are. I love that you're teaching this. Because oh, you can walk. Oh, I can tell oh, someone just by their body language. 
in body language, totally. just the way that you carry yourself when you walk into a room speaks volumes. But Absolutely. One of the other things that we get so caught up in, especially with social media, is the facade. Yeah. And how and things appear. How things appear. That person that you're following on Instagram, odds are there's a filter on every single picture. And all the th wonderful, really cool, amazing shit they're talking about, there is an equal or more amount of shit they don't ever want you to know about. Exactly. Okay, we're only seeing the highlight reel. Yeah. Right? Every no one is perfect, and each and every one of us, whether we want to admit it or not, is a hot fucking mess. <laughs> totally. All right. <laughs> yes. But we need to embrace our mess. We need to embrace the messes of each other because it's the messes that bond us. It's the I messes love that. that we relate to each other. That is so, like, that's, there's so much wisdom in that. That's like, that's my quote of the day, I think. <laughs> like they, thank you. Like, they bond us, though. I can relate. You know, myself and everyone else can relate to struggling to pay your rent. Looking at your bank account and going, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? Or or feeling totally alone, exactly. even though you're surrounded by people. Exactly. Feeling like no one understands what you're going through when the person sitting across from you is going through the exact same thing. Right. Just doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. Right. So I think that this, what you're sharing in your journey and the work you're doing is so critical because there is a huge amount of suffering and struggle that doesn't have to be like that. Like your perfect evidence that you can make a shift and find a path that's right for you. Exactly. And my path has been far from linear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> far from linear. <laughs> you know, forwards, backwards. I mean, it my my path looks like a two-year-old colored it. But that's kind of the beauty of it. Exactly. Because I love it. We need to remember that life isn't linear. Right. All right. We get caught up in that. That's a programming. That's something that we're conditioned. Yep. Life isn't linear. Nothing about it is. It, it, no. And we have to, I was talking with someone earlier in the week about this as to especially as women, we need to look at age as just a number. 
Yeah. Okay. 40 years ago, the thought of women having a child at 44 was unheard of. Don't say that. I'm 44 and I don't want any more babies. Please don't say that. that. (laughs) Oh, I I understand that. But there are some women who are 44 and still don't have kids and still want kids. Yeah. And if they want them, that's amazing. Like I have a friend who just had a baby. I mean, she was 43 when he was born. Um, and and he's a beautiful blessing. And for those women who are looking to create a life with a new baby or whatever, awesome. All my support. And I'm so excited that they can do that. Exactly. And we have to take these age parameters off of things. You can start over at 40. You can start over at 50, 60, heck, you could start over at 70 if you really wanted to. (laughs) That's an amazing perspective. I would actually love to have a whole conversation with you about that. Um, And I I know we just like, we we got so much juicy information about who you are. We really just started to get into what you're doing. Uh, And I want people to know where to find you in order to learn more. So where's the best place for them to do that? Um, the best place to do that would be Instagram. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll post your Instagram link in the show notes so people can click on that and find you. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Magic Shell. Um, magic with a CK. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> how else would you spell magic? Right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, that's the best place. Place you know, to you know, to find me oh, right now. That's where I sh- share most of my information and content when I you know, when I am sharing. Um, it's been a while. I will say oh, it's been a while since I've posted just because of stuff that I'm going through in my right. own life. Life happens, but you do have a really cool book coming out. So yeah, I. I hope we'll be able to, like I said, I want to be on the pre-sale list for that. I need that book. Um, And and I'd love to share some information about that book with our audience too, when it does come out. So make sure Um, you you pass that along to me. Yes, I will pass it along to you. The book will be out in early July. Awesome. Uh, Early, yes. Er, er, Yeah. Er, Early July. It's a very... um, it's been a very interesting journey in writing this book. Um, writing a book is like having a baby, and there's a whole <laughs> chapter in the book on that. I'm sure, because because you are you're birthing something yes. that's exactly similar. Well, I myself, like I said, super excited to read the book, and I can't wait to see what kind of wisdom comes through that. I'm sure our audience will enjoy it also. I want to thank you for being so candid and being so vulnerable and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you everyone for tuning in. See you next week. Peace and badass magic. 
Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.